Yechezkel chapter 9, chapter 8, Yechezkel had been taken to the temple and seen the various idolatrous practices, seen the kind of things that are happening inside the temple itself. And he's shown several things in chapter 8, called To'avot Hara'ot, abominable practices that are taking place inside the temple. Chapter 9 is a continuation of chapter 8. 8, 9, 10, 11 basically are one set of chapters that are very much connected to each other. And it begins, So, Yecheskel hears God calling loudly in my hearing. Loud calling is one of the terms that we encounter in the book of Yecheskel, kol rash gadol, and there's a call to bring forth the men in charge of the city. Each one, claim mashchito has a weapon of destruction in his hand. Six come forward. They come forward by, by way of the upper gate, and each one has a weapon, claim mapatso biyado, betocham ruvush badim, one of them is clothed in linen, Levush Habadim. So he's special, he's different than the other six. The six are destroyers. In addition to the destroyer, there's the Ish Levush Habadim. He has a, a writing case. And it says, They stand by the copper altar, the bronze altar. And Yisrael Asher Hayalav El Miftan Habayit. Vayikra Ish Ruvush Halavush Habadim Asher Kefet Hasofer Bimatanav. We are told, this is important for these chapters, that the presence of God, which is called a Kvod Hashem, Kvod in the Bible often refers to God's presence, and Kvod Hashem is raised up from above the Kruv, the Kruv in which it was to the platform of the house. The temple is on a raised platform. So the glory of God, Kvod Hashem, is rising above the Kruv and comes to the platform. And God speaks to the, to the one who is clothed in linen, Levush Abadim. And the instruction, which is found in chapter 9, verse number 4, Vayomer Hashem Elav, Avro Betoch Ha'ir, Betoch Yerushalayim, so this Ish Ravush Abadim is instructed to pass through the city and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who moan and groan. Because of all the abominations that are committed in it. So the idea of Tav Chayim, the idea of writing a, a mark upon the head, those are the ones that will survive. They will survive because they mourn and suffer and sigh for the abominations of the temple. Those are the ones that will survive. And the one, the Ish Ravush the role of that Ish Ravush is to inscribe a sign and the sign here is the sign of the ones who will survive, the ones who will live. Those are the ones that are upset about the abominations.
So it's interesting that actually you think about it, this mark on the head of those people, it very much, much reminds us, I would say, of the mark that we find in the story of the killing of Cain, Cain and Abel. In the story of Cain and Abel, Cain kills his brother, Hevel, and God says to Cain, where is your brother? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? What have you done? The blood cries out from the ground. The blood cries out from the ground, and Cain is condemned to be a wanderer. Cain says, if I'm a wanderer, whoever finds me will will slay me, will kill me. And after all, Cain means you didn't uh, punish me with death, you punished me with exile. So Hashem says to Cain, in chapter 4 of Breshit, L'chein Cain shivatayim you come, Cain will be avenged sevenfold. And God made a sign for Cain, the sign of Cain, that whoever sees him will not kill him. So the sign, actually, the oath, the sign of Cain, and we're not told exactly what the sign is, but the sign in the case of Cain is a sign of protection, that even though he sinned and is condemned to wander, exile being one of the great punishments of the Bible, but nonetheless, there's a sign of protection. Here, in our chapter, chapter 9 of Yechezkel, the sign, once again, is a sign of those that will, that will be spared, that will not be killed. There'll be a general destruction. That is clear in chapter 9. That, and Yechezkel actually is somewhat disturbed by this, the general destruction is made clear in verses number 5 and verse number 6. To the others, the other six, with the weapons of destruction in their hand, are told to walk through the city and to kill. Show no mercy. All are to be killed. Zakain, the old, Bachur, the younger men, Betua, the younger women, Taf and Hashim, the women uh, and the children. Taragur Mashrit. But whoever has the tav, the sign, do not approach the one who has the sign. It's interesting that this idea of tav chayim, that the sign is written sign of life, it does appear in the slichot, in the Ashkenazic version of the slichot, which are recited in those congregations that say slichot on Rosh Hashanah, in the morning service, and also recited in the general slichot service, which takes place starting before Rosh Hashanah. In the Ashkenazic tradition, starts on a Saturday night. Olat olat tamid. We ask God to consider various things that we do, to see them as equivalent to the sacrificial service, which we don't bring anymore. And there's a line there, Ketav Tav Chayim, tamid, inscribed inscribe us with a sign of life which should be there permanently. That's a reference in the Torah to one of the priestly garments, the frontlets, the tzitz. But we ask God to inscribe us for life. What's unclear in the story over here, that this, I would say, protective angel, the one is Levush Habadim, what's very unclear is how many actually are saved. It never says how many people the Luvush Habadim found 
in the city. The impression that I have is that some were found, perhaps not a great number, but there were some who were spared. It reminds me very much of the prophecy that we find in the beginning of the book of Yirmiyahu, where Yirmiyahu also speaks about the impending doom, but a phrase that appears there several times, I will not finish them off completely. And that perhaps is a sense over here that there will be a general destruction, uh, the temple will be destroyed, and there will be a general destruction, but some will in fact survive. And the general destruction is very powerful, and in the chapter, God actually is called upon to defend what God is doing. Because Yermio actually complains over here, was shocked by what's happening. This is found in verse number 8. Oh Lord, will you utterly destroy the remnant of Israel? So Yechezkel, who for the most part doesn't argue with God the way Yermiho does, but over here, Yechezkel said, what is this? Do you plan to destroy all of Israel? And God's response, God's justification, in verse number 9, is, Vayomer Eli Avon Beit Yisrael V'yudah Godom Bimod Maod V'atimorei Aretz Damim Their sin is very grievous. The earth is filled with blood. That is to say, it's not just ritual non-observance, but it's violence. For Ir Mo'am Mutah Kiyomru Azav Hashem Eta Aretz V'yen Hashem Ro'eh They say God has departed from the land and God does not see, and we made reference to that even in the previous chapter, the idea that God does not see. After all, the temple itself is the place which is described as the place in which God does see. We are seen there, and God is seeing. Hashem Yireh, Hashem Yamer Hayom Bahar Hashem Yireh, Abraham at the Akedah, and the Torah speaks more than once about going there to see and to be seen. So they're saying that God is not seeing means they don't understand the nature of the temple. Therefore, says God, I have no pity, I have no mercy. And in the last verse, in verse number 11 of this short chapter, the one who was clothed in linen, the ish levush habadim, asher akeset b'matlav, meshiv davar lemar, asiti kachal asher tzivitani, the last verse, which perhaps is a verse that suggests some kind of clemency, the one clothed in linen comes back and says, I have done that that which you commanded me to do. I have written the sign upon those who will be spared.